0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big night of European action. Rangers bring a one-all drawback from Prague thanks to Philippe Hillander's goal and Alan McGregor's late save. Scott Brown's being tipped for a potential player coach role at Aberdeen and Leagues 1 and 2 will restart a week tomorrow. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans. An epic season in the making goes on for Rangers undefeated at home and abroad. League champions and 90 minutes away from the last eight in the Europa League the fans must be hoping they don't wake up and find out this has all been a dream the nightmare for Rangers and Celtic of course would be next weekend's derby being called off it's hard to believe it's come to this but right now we have political football going on the Justice Secretary the Sports Minister the SPFL Police Scotland and Glasgow City Council all in talks as we speak in the meantime Willie Collum has been named the referee for that match good luck with that one Willie <laughs> yeah, it's always good luck to the referee Yeah, Rangers having their own uh, individual competition this year as well uh, Gordon in the Europa League I think goal of the season uh, Sorry, goal of the competition is probably Kemal Roofs And obviously save of the competition Alan McGregor's So I think uh, not only are they doing well uh, collectively as a team In the competition individually I think there's, there are stars there as well And again, once again We've got a, a really good uh, domestic campaign on this week So we look forward to the weekend 01419511025 That is the number you need You can tweet as well At Clyde SSB There is a lot going on In Scottish football today Like every other day uh, The obvious place to start I guess Would be last night's game Rangers fans What did you make of it? We will probably last About 30 seconds Before someone mentions That Alan McGregor save So if you've got any thoughts on that Feel free to get them in What about the result? What about the performance? How does this set you up? How confident are you Of Progressing, As the guys have said Is there a real doubt over the derby next weekend And I'm interested to hear you Celtic and Aberdeen fans Thoughts on that story um, In the Scottish Sun this morning That Scott Brown could be set For a player coach role at Aberdeen What do you make of that? Get your thoughts in 01419511025 Bit of a quiet weekend ahead Hugh Keevans Just a couple of games in the Premiership tomorrow Well, uh, we've had enough excitement this week already So perhaps we could do with some Quiet uh, Hibs against Ross County That's uh, that's a, a good one uh, John Hughes The Ross County manager Saying he will know The Hibs team Before the game starts Because all his pals In Leith will tell him mm-hmm. He's at the wind up But Jack Ross Could be doing with uh, A result Hibs have gone Off the boil uh, and, and yeah. b- Before mm-hmm. we even get to that mm-hmm. Jim what about seeing Hugh Keevans back? It's the first yeah. time you've seen him this year. He's back. Right. He's in his own wee studio. Yeah. The lockdown here. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> the, the the mullet looks good. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's in there. I, I can see a ponytail developing. A wee man bun. I mean, he's got he's got all he's got all coming ahead of him. Uh, it's just jealousy, in my part, of course. Hugh Keevans with a man bun. Things you never thought you would imagine. Anyway, right. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us a call right now and let us know what is on your mind. Of course, I'm sure many of you will want to let us know what you made of the game last night. It seems like. An obvious place to begin Stephen Gerrard thinks a draw was a fair result In Prague last night He says Alan McGregor's save was world class And he's hoping the goalkeeper will sign a new deal I think it was a fair result um, I think we've gave everything we've got tonight From a physical point of view After the week we, we've had This was probably the, the toughest opposition we could have faced Because they play at a real high intensity And they're a powerful team 
and um, they came out the blocks extremely quick. So um, after a, a poor start or a slow start, um, I thought we'd done ever so well to get back in the game. We've had some chances, they've had some chances. So I think all, overall it's probably a fair result and it sets it up for next week. Allen's came big for us again and to top, top save to, to get back and drag that back in, into his grasp was was another world-class save. And um, I've spoke about it before, how much we, we rate Allen, how much we love him here, how much we want to carry on. Um, at the same time, I told you guys I respect him. Um, he knows what's on the table. Um, he's in discussions with the club and um, from where I'm sitting I just hope we get it over the line and, and sign him up for another year because he's more than capable and I know that on a daily basis by working with him and watching him close the decision is going to be down to Alan not us because we, we certainly want him What did you make of it last night Hugh? The, the overwhelming observation that I had after the game was that uh, it's a real quality result because they haven't lost Slavia Prague haven't lost there since 2019 when Inter Milan got a win in the group stages uh, of the Europa League Bayer Leverkusen, Nice and Hapoel Beersheba all failed to win in Prague and were all beaten, in fact, in Prague uh, by Slavia and Leicester City, as we know, got a goalless draw there before Slavia Prague put them out in Leicester so for Rangers to go there, especially after the title win the lavish celebrations, etc. They get better as the game went on. First half was not great from their perspective, but they get better as the game went on and might even have won it through Ryan Kent and that chance that went a begging from uh, Connor Goldson. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, uh, Stephen uh, Gerrard's, uh, you know, uh, reflection on the game was was an honest uh, reflection and uh, an honest assessment. Uh, you know, I think that uh, they did start slowly, Rangers and uh, Slavia started the better side. Again, which you would expect, as you said, after the, the celebrations, the high, the adrenaline rush, it's probably just took, took them maybe 20, 25 minutes just to kind of find their feet a little bit and just get their breath back. Um, but in the second half, a lot, lot better. Um, he said himself, he tweaked the, the shape a little bit, which obviously helped as well. Uh, and, and yes, you need your big players to come up with. And, and as we said, uh, it's not often I agree when a, a comment is said, world class. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those phrases that are bandied about too easily now. But I do genuinely think that McGregor's save was world class. I think any any goalkeeper in the world that pulled off that save, I think mm. they 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 were raving about it and rightfully so. And it was a you know obviously it's in the time of the game as well, ninety minutes. I think it's a great result for Rangers, an absolutely brilliant result. But I do think that. Uh, as they've shown at Leicester, it's, a, it's a, a fragile one because I think that's a team yeah. capable uh, of coming to Ibrox and getting the result. So, all to play for. Well, let's see what you think. 0141951 Alan is in the Gorbals. Hi, Alan. Hi, thank you very much for taking my call. No I think it's made possible before we make a point. Congratulations to Rangers and their 55 titles. Uh, my point to is you appreciate it all. Alan McGregor last night, world class. I put a post up last night. I think it's one of the best saves I've ever seen in football. Um, and I was trying to go on last week as my player that the year Alan McGregor's got to be outstanding and I think he's definitely got to get it this year. He's just a different class. I, mean, I don't know how he did that save. It wasn't just a save. It was the control of the ball. The way he saved it was just Unbelievable, world class. What do you think? What was your quip on Twitter about the save, Hugh Evans? Goalkeepers are like pundits. The older they get, the better they get. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But with I, I, you know, we've had so many calls, and Alan is the latest to say 
uh, you know, that Alan McGregor should be player of the year. And at first we said, well, oh, come on, you know, Rangers have only lost nine goals in 32 league matches. And look at the play of Morelos or Stephen Davis in midfield or Connor Goldson or whoever, James Tavernier. But the groundswell of opinion that McGregor should be player of the year is growing. Uh, and, you know, if that's what the Rangers fans feel, he's their player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, a, he's another one that uh, certainly be you'd be you'd be you wouldn't be um, disappointed if he did win it. But the the thing that Rangers have this year, and it might it might actually go against him a little bit, is they've got that many players that the votes that could be diluted between them all, uh, and there could be a surprise package simply because every one uh, of the Rangers players have been at top form this year. But McGregor has been sensational since he walked in the door. Not just this year, you know, the first couple of years under Stephen Gerrard, he's been absolutely immense. He had m- many more saves to make. The first couple of years He hasn't had as many But he makes very very few errors And as I said And he comes up with a big save At the big time Similar to what Andy Gorham Done for years Similar to what Fraser Foster Done last year for Celtic But Alan McGregor Has been an unbelievable signing The only thing we hear Stephen Gerrard talking about The contractual situation He may want to go out at the top He may yeah. I mean don't get me wrong I think there's still plenty in him But he may think Wait a minute Championship, you know, winning, winning the league again, you know, if they get through in Europe again, getting to that latter stages of Europa League, you know, he might, he might want to go to the top. You, you don't know how what his mindset is, but certainly an ability, and um, you know, the the you know, you can't question that he's more than good enough to earn a new contract. I don't know how much all this is taking out of his body, his thirty nine year old mm-hmm. body, but if I were Alan McGregor, I'd be thinking, well, one last go at the Champions League. Uh, and at the end of the day And let me be very basic about it What's he got against money? <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan in the Gorbals What did you make of the You know the performance last night The, the game itself? I, th- I thought Rangers were very good last night I thought the, the first half It was a wee bit ropey um, I thought they, they came more into their game In the second half um, But Overall um, I thought they, they, they did really well well it was a cracking result for Rangers Um one each I mean, I'd take a draw any day before the game so I thought, I thought they played really well um, I didn't see anything it was sort of, I was disappointed with but it was mainly obviously McGregor once again he, 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 he saved us so many times this year even um, the, the Celtic um, save yeah. um, yeah. it's just unbelievable were you surprised by Slavia Prague at all Alan were they better than you expected No, <laughs> um, I mean I thought their goalie was all over the place. To be quite honest, I mean I didn't know what the goalie was doing, so it sort of helped brings a little bit, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I didn't really see anything. But I, I would, I would be worried about going to Ibrox with. To be quite honest, um, I'm quite confident we hopefully we'll win at Ibrox. And I think Rangers will sit back, obviously, and obviously just try and get the draw. Alright, thank you very much That was Alan in the Gorbals 0141 951 Let's go straight on to Thomas in Barhead And see what he's got for us Hi Thomas Good evening guys um, I think only few will be in the same position as me Who were privileged to watch Probably the greatest football tournament in history The World Cup in Mexico Live uh, Rather than just on replays Saw the greatest team ever, Brazil and up until recently, the greatest save I've ever seen was Banks from the famous Banks from Pele. 
Well, last night, I think McGregor's matched it, if not surpassed it, because um, the safety banks is twofold. Number one, it's the romance of the best player ever, Pele, um, against who is then the number one goalie in the world, Banks. Um, so you've got that, and it's Brazil and England, you've got that romance. Uh, Prague and Rangers doesn't quite have that romance, but that save was every bit as good. It was very, very similar. The, the attacker gets up above the ball, he headers it down, it's a goal all the way. And McGregor the same from a standing position does a kind of up and down and holds it to the corner. I didn't cheer the save because I assumed the ball was in the net. And it was only when um, I think it was McGregor had pushed the ball down the park, I said, well, did we get a foul there? And my son says, I think McGregor saved that. And we to replay it and replay it and replay it. It's a, I would say now, even now, 50 years after that event, it's the greatest save I've ever seen. You could argue Banks. But it, the argument is Banks put it over the bar McGregor held it Well you know It's high praise Hugh Yeah I, I, I would put them as a equally great um, And I would also pay tribute to Alan McGregor By saying they actually brought in the goal line technology To, <laughs> to prove that the ball had not crossed the line in, in other words Somebody somewhere working in the machinery said That must have been over But they couldn't prove it In fact They got the goal line technology out and it disproved the theory the ball had gone over the line. So I, I, I'm i not a great believer in praising one goalkeeper by putting another into second place. They were equally magnificent saves and will be, I'm sure, Gordon Banks' save has been remembered now for 51 years. I'm sure 51 years from now on Super Scoreboard, I will be turning to you, Gordon, and saying, <laughs> yes, that's the 51st anniversary of that save from Alan McGregor. I mean, Thomas is right about the, you know, the romance, obviously, and it yeah. might be hard to compete on that mm. front. But, but Jim, from if you're the, the Slavia Prague mm. manager, the thing that would underline just how good a save it was, your player couldn't really have done anything no. better. Now, before someone says, yeah, he could have hit the scored, back of yeah. it. But, but in terms of, a kind of textbook yeah. header He's up high Headers it right mm. down Into the bottom corner mm. And at that point You've just got to hold your hands up Don't yeah. you? Yeah I mean it's, it's a, as I said at the start It's a phenomenal save Listen a, a, Any Whether it's a player A goal A save It's all subjective It depends on sometimes Your era uh, Which you live in And who thinks They're the best at, at this But, but uh, is, is I, it for you I, At that standard though Was it Just in case anyone's Tuning in and I, thinks I, I know, that, I, I that remember, we're exaggerating I, I, I Listen I, I, I remember the, the Banks save as well It was uh, the first time I'd ever seen a game on colour television so that's the reason why uh, I'd also um, gone back in the days but um, so it's, it's, it's etched I think in anybody of a certain age's uh, memory the bank save my personal opinion if you want to ask it is, is I think Banks is better because he goes from one post to the other post but but McGregor's is exceptional it's, it's, it's one of the best saves ever you know the, 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 that's ever been but as I said you know you could you could you could, I'm sure any uh, era could pull out 10 phenomenal saves that goalkeepers have made and that is one of them but listen it's, it's, it's all about what, what you want if Thomas wants to put that as the best absolutely you know it's you can be hard to argue um, and, and he's right about the romance and the World Cup and all these kind of things there's no doubt about it but it was an exceptional save an exceptional save the thing is not only are we talking Gordon Banks Alan McGregor's mm. got 
another one that people say mm. is, is maybe even better was the one yeah. against Werder yeah. Bremen. Yeah, um, yeah. In the the run to to Manchester. Yeah, I mean, he can. You know, not, not that you bring out a, a DVD nowadays. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't. You stream them. But Probably uh, just a yeah, YouTube yeah. package or something. Yeah, but he could he could certainly uh, bring out a, an absolute collection, a golden collection of wonder saves. There's no doubt about that. Thomas, how confident are you? Of Rangers progression After seeing that last night um, Reasonably confident The the problem is that, Again if I've given my sons about this Rangers had a great defensive record uh, Domestically Only nine goals And we've got Alan McGregor in goal However I still think I, I think Sometimes our defence as a, as a unit Flatters to deceive We can be prone to a ball From one wing Going over to the far post um, and I noticed that Prague did what Antwerp did and that was totally bypassed in midfield and was playing quite a high line to, to pressure and sometimes it works and they can get in behind and fortunately we've got McGregor uh, in goal but I think um, I think both teams got out of jail a couple of times last night I mean, you know, we had Goldson's missed header um, Ryan Kent show it um, there was a couple of times Prague were through and it looked like a goal um, and it was just going by the post so I think both teams have got to jail at different times and I think both teams are pretty evenly matched so it's finely balanced and hopefully the home advantage and an away goal um, will hopefully just edge it Yeah, it's set up to be an absolute cracker thank you to Thomas Stewartson Cope Bridge wants to talk Nathan Patterson we'll do that next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Jim Duffy are here Plenty of time for you to get your calls in So let's hear from you And we're on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Let's go straight back to the phones And bring in Stuart in Cote Bridge How's it going Stuart? Uh, good evening pal Yes I'm very happy Yes uh, the performance last night First of all I'd like to collect Rangers And winning the 55 in the title uh, Before I get to the Patterson point I would like to ask the panel Especially Hugh Keevans Who might know this Rangers have actually went 44 games undefeated in the league and Europe. Has any other Scottish team done that before? Well, well if, you uh, do, if you knows, I certainly don't. Uh, I, I would think unlikely, let me say. Um, but I would have to go and check, Stuart. Yeah, there you are. Well, I think it's about... Uh, well, I think uh, when the 92 93 season, uh, they did done quite a bit there as well. I think it was, they, they went domestically in the league 44 games and it was Celtic beat him in the 45th so I don't know if between that and this one the now oh, Listen, certainly Hugh, you can't argue with the run I, No, no, no It's okay to hold your hands up and say we're not sure about that stat but Yeah, I mean it's, it's phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, you know to to have gone uh, this far 32 games into the league to be the champions already with 6 games left to play to have lost goals in single figures not double figures to have played 12 European ties home and away and not lost any of them. It is truly outstanding from Steven Gerrard and for the players. And it is also payback time for the Rangers fans. When I come onto the programme last Sunday, Gordon, I could sense the moment, you know, the, the years and years of frustration, aggravation, desperation for the Rangers supporters gone. By the final whistle at at, uh, Tannadice Gone Rangers champions So for Stuart and all the others uh, Who have been calling in Truly memorable days and nights for them Yeah obviously there was the St Mirren game in the Cup But league in Europe Stuart's quite right It's been been pretty flawless on that front Stuart what else jumped out at you from last night? 
Parsons, yes, I always had a, a wee bit of dodgy start, but I thought he was, he's going to be a real, really good player. He's going to be, he's going to be up there as one of the top players of Rangers in the next couple of seasons, at least anyway. I thought he was outstanding, even in Wales as well, but it was just the way he played the ball. He looked more mature than this for his age, and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be taking Tavernier for his place, I would think so. Well, funnily enough, Stephen Gerrard spoke about him after the game. He says he became a man in last night's draw. He's hopeful that the 19-year-old can turn into an elite fullback. He was outstanding. Um, I think he's became a man tonight. This was probably the biggest game of his career. He's had a real big few weeks uh, emotionally. Uh, and obviously he's stepped into the, the captain's position and he's played with maturity. He's got a massive future ahead of him. We just need to guide him and keep shaping him, improving him. Um, but we've got a player here, I think. Uh, I moved two, three full-backs on because I had real big confidence in Calvin Bassey and also Nathan Patterson. We decided not to extend John Flanagan. We moved Matt Polster on, who were the backup right-backs at the time. Um, and that's because we knew we had to make room for Nathan Patterson. There's only so many days you can spend in the academy and so many games you can play well in before you need to make the next step. And now he just needs to keep growing, keep learning. You know, we want him to become a, a real elite player, an elite fullback for this country and for the club more importantly. So um, it's a real exciting future for him. You know, he's young. He just needs to be looked after in the right way and um, he's in the right place. I know it's typical of people like me, Stuart, to get carried away and look too far into the future, but blame Stephen Gerrard. He mentioned that he said about becoming an elite fullback for this country. Is that how highly you would rate Nathan Patterson? Is he a, a future Scotland right back? Oh, definitely. I guess. The way he's been playing, uh, it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal. I don't, uh, since he's come back in that game when he came on and scored in less than 16 seconds, I think I just turned him, turned him right around because you could see it in his face. He loved it. As if, as if a weight was lifted off him because mm. of what happened with the COVID. Any chance, any chance, you know what I'm about to ask, any chance whatsoever for this summer? I don't, I don't no. think so because I think James Tavernier will get back in and the boy will have to wait. And, and also, he's potentially going to get, he's a going to get suspended, yeah, possibly. But listen, mm. it, Rangers and, and developing young players, it's, it's you know it's it's there's been something that they, they haven't done well enough over the you know the you know the, the yeah. many many years. So to get a young player through and compete with James Tavernier, mm-hmm. I think is good enough. The difficulty might be next year. Rangers will want to keep him absolutely, but game time is going to be vital, and he's getting game time at the moment. That might <laughs> they may have to put the brakes on it, as I say, because he's been cited. And that's the twenty fifth of March. Um, so he may have a, a, an enforced ban there uh, And that would pretty much take him to the end of the season So it'll be stop start But right at this moment in time He's been terrific And, he, and again I agree with Stuart He had a really really good game last night He's given Rangers natural balance Rather than playing a centre back there Or a midfield player there So uh, I think he's been a uh, he's, he's an outstanding young prospect I mean Hugh I don't necessarily disagree But the, the reason I asked the question I wouldn't have asked it if he was a left back I wouldn't have mm. asked it if he was a central midfielder oh. But he's a right back Stephen O'Donnell's done well and has played there Liam Palmer's played a couple And th- there is pretty much no one else uh-huh. You know if, if there was one area of the pitch In Stevie Clark's side That someone might be able to force their way in You wonder if that if that would be that area I, I accept an outstanding talent in the making but I think the Euros would be too early for him. Uh, I do think that Nathan Patterson owes Stephen Gerrard big time. Uh, he got himself foolishly involved in something that was absolutely daft. Uh, and Stephen Gerrard, I'm sure, read him the riot act at the time, but he then brought him back into the side, which was his entitlement. He broke no rules by doing that. 
And uh, I'm sure that calmed Nathan Patterson down Very, very quickly Because he must have wondered Jordan Jones was moved out to Sunderland George Edmondson was moved out When they were guilty of the same offence But Stephen Gerrard handled that situation beautifully It is inevitable That Nathan Patterson will get an SFA ban Because Edmondson and Jones got the same And the offence is identical But Stephen Gerrard has got him over A very tricky situation in a short, sharp, successful way. He said, he said in Stephen Gerrard there, just in an interview, he mentioned Patterson, he mentioned Calvin Bassey. I think that's important. He also mentioned managing them, taking care of them. And so he's, he's kind of alluding to the fact that there's there's educational uh, mm. things that he's got to make sure that professionalism, that understanding that you're playing for Rangers, you're not playing for a small club, you're playing for a huge club with huge responsibilities mm. and a huge profile and you have to be able to deal with that. And I don't think there's a better manager in the country just now than Stephen Gerrard uh, to help develop a young player. How do you see it panning out? Because this will be the longest, by a distance I would imagine, this is the longest spell James Tavernier's ever had out mm. during his time at Rangers. So you assume he's going to come back in and he will unless something happens in the summer he'll he'll be there every week again yeah. next season uh, how, how does Nathan Patterson progress yeah well that, that's what I'm saying to you you know that that's a difficulty that, that when you're at a big club and young players can they get enough game time um, but you know Stephen Gerrard has said that he wanted two players for every position and we all thought that that was the one area they didn't have two you only had one everyone else every other mm-hmm. position you think yeah there are two there or more than two at times so I think he, he, he will keep him in the fold I don't think he'll put him out on loan But the boy himself sometimes When you've had that taste of it You're hungry for more And you and you get a little bit disappointed So yeah, as, as I mentioned earlier on How you manage that disappointment But still, you know Make an impact for the team when required Is going to be an important part of his development 0141-951-1025 on the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter um, Wasn't really a debate That we planned on having All of a sudden though It's, it's kind of sprouted off Craig says Name a better Scottish Right back right now Than Nathan Patterson Why shouldn't he be considered For the Euros Sean Rooney Oh there's another name Hugh Keevan's old pal From, from <laughs> <Yes>. last week <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Well let's bring in Mark and Greenock I think he wants to make A, a similar point Hi Mark How's it going you okay? Aye not bad Not Good. bad What's your point Just in the point about Just in the point about Nathan Patterson mm-hmm. uh, I mean Obviously, we don't have any kind of right backs really like Scotland, like kind of outstanding, you would say. Uh, O'Donnell's quite dependable and what have you as well. But, I mean, why not take like a Nathan Patterson and a Billy Gilmer to the Euros, give them a feel for it, let them know kind of what it's all about, give them the experience for it, give them the hunger, and then, you know, they'll kind of hopefully, you know, go on from that. I mean, England done it with Theo Walcott, Gordon Stratton kind of done it with Andy Robertson, and then he's now a Scotland captain. Because Andy Robson at one point was only brought in just for the numbers And now he's Scotland captain I think there is also an obligation To be faithful to the players that got you there I'm not saying that people should get in the team or in the squad uh, Through sentimentality However I think we need to slow down a bit with Nathan Patterson I, I, I no, accept to, to, to be fair though I don't think Mark saying Drop Stephen O'Donnell or drop Liam Palmer Can you find Room in, in the squad no, no, no one here is saying Start him Play him against England If they were saying that Then fine You could say Slow down Mark's just saying Since it's not a particularly strong area Why not take him along And get an experience Well Why well, not that's indeed That's exactly what I'm saying That's exactly what I'm saying You know Let him go away get, Give them the experience Sorry to interrupt you you Give them the experience yep. uh, Give them the feel for it You that, know Because f- 
we're not really going to get an experience like this again maybe that's if uh, Steve Clark feels that he can accommodate either Billy Gilmore mm-hmm. and or Nathan yeah. Patterson because he's you know he's got to take the season pros there who are ready to play against England and uh, you know be at that level yeah I mean th- Although Mark's lumped them together Jim You could say Billy Gilmore might be different Because as talented as he is Can you take someone For the experience In an area of the pitch Where you've got loads Of other good players That That's different But I think most people yeah. Would agree We don't have a long list Of right backs Again you take the best players And the, you know the, the balance that you've got The options In terms of the I mean Stevie Clark Will look and say right, Who are we playing What type of players Do we need to play These kind of games as you say, the options you know are, are, are thinner when it comes to right back. There's there's no question about that. But Stephen Gerrard might want to put the brakes on a little bit again, as he said about managing boys, managing expectations, making sure he develops as a Rangers player first and foremost. I mean, listen, I understand he has done well, but he's, what has he played? You know, four games maybe at this moment in time, something well, eight like overall, that. Eight. You know, full games. Uh, no, you know, not not full games. So yeah, appearances. But I I think that you know we we just have to be a wee bit careful. Listen, it's good to. Um, develop young uh, Scottish talent and uh, you know sometimes we help, we have held back uh, at times but I just think in this particular case let him get another even half a dozen full games under his belt get a few mm. more tests Slavia Prague coming next week the old Firm game uh, you know all these kind of things get a few more tests um, just to see where he stands up when he makes an error when he makes a mistake how does he respond mm. to that all these sort of things because you know yeah Matt's got a, a point of getting um, you know experience but Stevie Clark's got a job to do, and his job is not to just gain experience. His job, is, as you said, is to make sure the squad he picks can impact the Euros. Well, we may get a clue next week because we've got a squad before that, remember, mm. and that will be a really interesting one to see. Uh, you know, who, who's getting a last chance to force their way in, sort of thing. So, Mark, um, that is one we will revisit. I'm absolutely certain of it. So, make sure you stay in touch. That was Mark in Greenock. Let's bring in John in Canvas Lang. Are you on about the goalie, John? Yes, I am. Well, the goalie was Andy Gone, but I know who you, I know what you mean. But uh, evening panel, Hugh Gordon and uh, Jim. Uh, I'm just thinking that obviously we've won in my lifetime the one of the best saves I've ever seen. Obviously, I've seen the Gordon Bank save that was in my lifetime. That's video footage. But for me, it's the best save I've seen in many, many years. But I'm just thinking if it is signed on our contract. Do this panel think he maybe deserves a testimonial with Rangers? Because he was there for so many years. He's obviously left. But if he signs another contract, that'll be uh, another year. That'll be four years. And also, I would the debate is obviously, is he better than the goalie and the goal? For me, I've, I've lived through nine in a row. I've seen Andy goal. But in Europe, I feel Alan McGregor has done more and they're going because apart from the 92-93 season with Rangers, Rangers in the Champions League, they weren't the great in that my era. But I feel and they're going, uh, sorry, Alan McGregor, through the U, uh, in games in Europe, has done slightly better than and going. What did the panel think? Uh, let, let's pick our way through all the topics there. Do first, that one first. I like that, Hugh. I love these comparisons. Um, these having, debates. having watched Andy Gordon regularly, uh, I think that McGregor is as good as Andy Gorham But Gorham was an exceptional goalkeeper And McGregor's exceptional So for me, McGregor is as good as Andy Gorham uh, With regard to should he sign an extension to the contract I'd love to be in Alan McGregor's shoes I'd be in 
this morning saying, well, Gaffer, <laughs> what a save that was. How much did you say? Uh, so I'm sure he must be tempted to have a swan song season. As for testimonial matches, Jim will know testimonial matches were there in days when players were not very well rewarded uh, because clubs couldn't afford to reward them as well as they can now. So Alan McGregor is well looked after by Rangers. Uh, they don't need to offer him a testimonial. They just need to offer him a contract that entices him to go through another year of putting his body through this. And as I say, I would have been at Stephen Gerrard's door this morning. Well, Gaffer, I mean, know you would, but you know that, that's that's not saying much, uh, Jim. Yeah. Andy Gorham, how close or? Yeah, surpassed. well, obviously I know Andy very well. Um, you know, again, an incredible goalkeeper. Um, you know, and again, I've said, you know. If you ask just about any of the, the, the players that played alongside them, um, when they go to mention their favourite teams, even if they've played with top clubs in England and Europe, they nearly always pick Andy Gorham as the best goalkeeper that they've ever played with. So I think that that um, you know would suggest that you know how good he is. McGregor, I think John's saying about the you know the, the European football. I think if, if memory serves me right, when Andy Gorham played, if Rangers won the Champions League, they get knocked to it. They didn't get a fall back into the Europa League or, the, or mm-hmm. uh, you know whatever the UEFA cup, cup. UEFA Cup at that time. So there's maybe maybe a less opportunity to shine, and and also maybe you're saying they had more saves to make, which means that the defence was maybe better back in the day. So I think it's always difficult to compare. As I said before, errors. All you can see is in this particular time, um, you know, Al what McGregor. About, what about is, shot stopping then? Is like yeah. a, a, a one isolated part yeah. of the, the game. Yeah, very similar. Um, similar in height, you know, as well. They're not number two. They're not six foot four goalkeepers. I think you know McGregor maybe a, an inch or so taller than Andy Gorham. Um, you know, again, you go to again. I can only go with the guys I know, John Brown and uh, Mark Hatley and all these guys that talk. Alan McCoy's. Uh, I think that um, you know that he was a, an unbelievable talker. Um, Gorham as well Great be his feet All that kind of stuff So Listen it, It's an absolute You know Fraction again Between the two goals Because I'm with you I would probably sit in the fence With that one If you had, I was really really squeezed about it I'd probably just go for Gorham Probably because of The era And his achievements As Avengers goalkeeper Again in those Major matches well, and, and major saves Jim Whether well, well, they are identical mm-hmm. Is that when it was the big game Yeah And it was the big moment mm-hmm. They came through yes. with the big save. Yeah, 100%. It, it, uh, they mm. are identical mm. in that way. John, it was a pleasure. That was John and Cambus Lang, 01419511025. It's the perfect time to call because we're going to get travel with Stephen, and that means you could be up next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy are here, and Chris in Kings Park is on the line. Hi, Chris. How you doing guys? All good, how are you? No bad, uh, just a short point Obviously we've got this hanging over our heads But we might not get the next Glasgow Derby coming up That's happening at Parkhead Obviously I've given away the side I'm on there By calling it the Glasgow Derby But uh, we need a bit of unity From the both sets of fans uh, Both sets of Glasgow's fans And indeed just Glasgow on the whole Next week the guys, uh, team from Govan Have got their return leg and obviously if they do well in that The fans will want to go down to Ibrox Imagine they batter that team A couple of goals They'll be wanting to go down there Imagine they get battered They'll want to go down there If they do They play straight into the hands of the government Because they'll be judging Anything that happens Between now and the next Glasgow Derby 
for how they're going to uh, mm. decide to let it go or not, you know. Hugh, what what are your feelings on this one? So Celtic, I think, have issued a statement today saying they'll participate in multi-agency meetings to discuss preparations for the match on March 21st. Mm. Um, it's a pretty long statement that you won't want me to read all of it right now, but um, talking about messaging, uh, talking about last weekend and how the government has made it clear that Celtic wasn't associated with the scenes last week and talk about the messaging to supporters and staying at home uh, throughout the pandemic. It does talk about the damage caused to club property recently uh-huh. and the club has taken steps to enhance security and protection of our property. Um, you'll have seen, I think, pictures of fences and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is this game hanging in the balance? Um, I'll be very cynical and say to you I don't believe it will be cancelled Because I believe the politicians Will understand the ramifications Of calling it off I will say that we are in this position Because of what happened at Ibrox uh, Last Saturday And what happened at George Square last Sunday uh, We have to understand The very serious implications Of this match If it were to be called off Sky Television Pay £25 million per season here because of the, whether you want to call it Glasgow Derby or Old Firm Derby, have it your own way. Sky pay because of Celtic and Rangers. If there's no Celtic and Rangers for Sky, the contract is up for renegotiation, if not torn up altogether. So we have to understand that if the game is allowed to take place, that there will not be unity among the supporters. They don't like each other. Therefore, there can't be unity. But there has to be a mutual understanding on the part of both sets of supporters that if anything were to occur outside Celtic Park a week on Sunday, it could have the most damaging repercussions for both clubs, for Scottish football in general. Yeah, What do you mean by that, Chris? Do you mean that both clubs need to come out I'm not saying together, I think that's very unlikely. Um, but you know, both clubs need to come out and be very clear about their messaging as to what they expect of fans, or are you talking about fans' own responsibility? Yeah, well I think I, I think the the clubs now are obviously going to be in the run up to this saying stay away from the stadiums, behave, obviously mm-hmm. right. But what the government's done is the government has very cleverly waited until after what happened at George Square happened, and that could have very easily any one of the top two teams Doing that, you imagine we'd lifted the tenth title this year. You're trying to think the whole of Glasgow wouldn't have been full of green and white scarves. Yeah, but the government aren't reacting uh, in advance of Sunday because nothing had happened in advance of Sunday, other than the Rangers fans gathering at Ibrox the day before, which was wrong. Entirely but, 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 wrong. That's Chris's point. Chris is a Celtic fan, and he's saying, had we won ten in a row, we we would have been there. You, you know, you should have yeah, known that. I, I, I don't that doubt would that. Happen. I don't doubt that, but I, I think it's only fair that. Politicians and police react to whatever has taken place and the scale of what has taken place and the scale of what took place at George Square was horrendous. Is there no scale to be proactive? Well, you're then accused uh, of being um, biased or whatever. Well, are you? Is it not just planning, right? Because, for instance, there's discussions today about, um, you know, um, intelligence that, that. the so-called intelligence that, yeah. that fans could gather ahead of Celtic v Rangers on March the twenty-first. How is there? How is there? And I don't know the answer to this because I'm not privy to it. But from a, a layman, if you like, how can there be intelligence that that's going to happen? But there wasn't intelligence that surprise, surprise, when Rangers win the league, the fans might turn out. Perhaps they were surprised by the scale of the turnout at George Square. However, it has happened. 
there are faults And because of George Square and Dybrooks We are where we are tonight And for all I know they're still discussing this matter uh, Humza Yousaf, the Justice Secretary Is in there with the SPFL, Celtic and Rangers Glasgow City Council, the police The police have a, a, an obligation here To protect the public safety And the government have the obligation To protect the public's health We have the the problem of gathering in numbers and therefore running the risk of the transmission of a deadly disease. On the other hand, we have public safety because if people are going to gather and they're not going to gather there for a sing-song, then the public and their safety has to be taken into account. There are people around about that area in London Road, Dalmarnock, Deniston, whatever, uh, who are not there to be bothered about football They just want to walk the streets safely So It's Horrible That we are in this position But Ibrooks And George Square Put us in this position And we are now Having football Discussed by politicians and police yeah. I, I mean I, Listen You know As we always know The vast majority of Just the general public Behave Stick to the rules Whatever the rules are In any given day Unfortunately There'll always be people who ignore the football club's message, ignore the police message, the government message, any kind of those that are rule breakers. And, uh, you know, people who will then make excuses. Oh, no, it was because of this, because of that. But it's just an excuse. So I think there will be um, a number of fans, uh, maybe not of the same numbers, who knows, but I think there will be, no matter what the clubs put out, no matter how many messages come from government, no matter about the public safety, the the virus, the transmission, that that you know there are people who are just deaf to these type of things and who refuse um, to listen to any common sense. Uh, as, as I said, so there, there there will be a number of people. So I think you've got to be preventative, as you say, Gordon. You've got to put things in place because there will be, the the difficulties you always have is maybe exactly where these events will happen. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I I I wouldn't be surprised if they cancelled the game or at least put it to a midweek uh, day where it's it's a you, little you bit just more difficult. What- the broadcasters yeah. would make yeah, the, broadcast, the commercial they, 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 they would have to talk to the broadcasters I, I totally get that I'm a The financial implications could be could be really uh, um, enormous But I wouldn't be overly surprised If they if they went to the broadcasters and, and tried to move the game um, Further down the line Right, we don't have much time But William's been hanging on So let's squeeze William in Like I say, we're up against it But William, take us away Good day, evening I was on the phone on Tuesday night uh, So I hope you're all well uh, this is I'm on the same point as the gentleman that we've just had on the phone the a supporter I'm a Rangers supporter and I beg the Rangers fans on Tuesday night please not so much behave yourself but take into the fact that this government and I say this government are looking for any excuse to stop football at the moment because of this pandemic if you understand what I'm saying now I understand what you saying where he's coming from Dennis and all the rest of it that's acceptable that's what our fan was saying. But when you have a minister of the government in Glasgow today, along with the police, trying to tell Glasgow the City Council how to run their, 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 their policies and can't take minutes of their own bloody meetings, I think it's astounding, it's disgraceful, and they should be telling us how to run our football. Who runs football in, in Scotland? The government? 
or the Scottish SFA. Well, I mean, to, to be fair, you, this, this is the whole point. It's a public uh, health uh, matter, William, yeah. not, not who, who runs football. And because of where we're at, Hugh, as a country, it's not only people's own football allegiances, people's political allegiances. Yeah. Uh, we're now sort of likening it to other, um, comparing it to other things that the government are doing and aren't doing. And it's all become a bit messy. The government are there to look after the public's health during the pandemic. The numbers who appeared at George Square were running the risk of transmitting a deadly disease and the Chief Medical Officer for Scotland said we'll know the the results of that in two or three weeks' time. The police are there to protect public safety. We're here because fans misbehaved. I told you we were late two minutes ago. Now we're definitely late. Thanks, William. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. I'll need to make this snappy. Your chance to beat the pundit if you can get past Duke Evans or Jim Duffy. Lines close at 7 0141 951 1025. Be quick. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Jim Duffy are here We're here until 8 o'clock So there's plenty of time left to get your calls in 01419511025 After last night you may have expected We kicked off hearing from Stephen Gerrard Lots of calls and tweets about Alan McGregor And that save It inevitably leads to debates about Is it the best save you've seen? Is he the best Rangers goalkeeper you've seen? So if you've got any thoughts on them Keep them coming in And uh, you Celtic fans Or any Aberdeen fans out there I'm very interested to hear what you made of that story in the back page of the Scottish Sun this morning, that Celtic captain Scott Brown could be a potential player coach for Aberdeen if Stephen Glass gets the Don's job. What do you make of that? Quite the story. Let us know, and we'll do this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk/football. Right, beat the pundit time. Let's see if we can end the week on a high for the listeners. Mick is in Greenock. How's it going, Mick? Alright Gordon, how you doing mate? Not bad at all, how are you, are you well? Ah, uh, not too bad mate, not too bad Good stuff, Jim Duffy, Hugh Keevans, would you have a preference? Um, either or mate, nah, he's, what he's, he's not bothered at all No, he's not fussed, exactly, we'll just toss the coin and uh, see how it goes Just as um, Mick calling in from Greenhook tonight obviously reminded me Jim Duffy, mm. former Mort manager, Gus McPherson, Hugh, yeah. old yeah. pal of the show mm. now taking the reins And he's, he's acted quick, he's signed Stephen McGinn, another yeah. friend of the show If this keeps going on you might get a call up before the, the end of the season. A former submarine captain as well, Stephen mm. McGinn. But yeah. uh, uh, Gus is a terrific guy uh, and a very good football manager, as he proved it in the submarine years. Uh, and I am delighted to see good people like Gus back in the game. Okay, let's toss the coin. Heads, it is Hugh Keevans and tails, it will be Jim Duffy. And it is tails, Jim Duffy, up against Mick from Greenock. Mm. So, I'm going to give Jim some clay two to listen to just so that he doesn't steal. Mick's answers He's given us the thumbs up Mick Which is a good sign I'll put 30 seconds on the clock The only thing you need to know Mick Is that you can pass So if you don't know it Pass quickly And we'll move okay. on Okay Good man Right 30 no seconds And your time starts Now Who scored for Rangers In their Europa League match last night? Um, Hollander Which Scottish Championship side Is known as the Honest Men? Uh, United Name either English side That Barry Robson played for um, pass Former Hearts manager Ian Cathro Is now a first team coach At which English Premiership team? Um, Burnley Which side did Jack Hendry Join Dundee from? 
Oh, <laughs> giving it away. It's a free one. That's a nightmare. Name any Motherwell <laughs> player 30 or older who's played this season. Um, pass. Give you a, ah. I'll give you an extra question since I made a backside of it. Which okay. Scotland player? No. Which Scotland player and Champions League winner turned 27 yesterday? Uh, Andy Robertson. Right. Okay. Uh, Jim Duffy I've just had an absolute nightmare on that And you never heard it So it's good It's fine Sorry I was just busy doing YMCA there Which was on uh, uh, Right Young man Okay right I was thinking of Hugh Keevans With that long hair You ready 30 seconds on the clock Time starts now Who scored for Rangers In their Europa League match Last night Uh, Philip Hollander Which Scottish Championship side Are known as the Honest Men United Name either English side That Barry Robson played for Middlesbrough Former Hearts manager Ian Cathro Is now the first team coach At which English Premiership team uh, Newcastle Which side did Jack Hendry join Celtic from? Dundee Name any Motherwell player 30 or older who's played this season um, Pass Which Scotland player and Champions League winner turned 27 yesterday? Scotland player and what? Champions League winner um, Andy Robertson Okay, okay Mick, how do you think that went? Ah, he's done me you think so? Aye, definitely I had to give Mick one for free And I'll explain why in a minute Right, okay First one Who scored for Rangers last night? Hillander Both got it Air United The championship side Known as the Honest Men Both got it Um, The English teams That Barry Robson played for Middlesbrough Or Sheffield United Mick, so I'm afraid Jim got it 3-2 The former Hearts manager Ian Cathro Where is he, Hugh? He's at Wolverhampton Wolves As Alex Ray calls them Wolves (laughs) If you've played there I think that You need to call them Wolves um, Alec, Alec was a big favourite there So you should know The question Which side did Jack Hendry Join Celtic from I'll be honest right See Doon beat the pundit This does stress me out And I'm surprised I don't do this more often Because I can <laughs> see the answer mm. And I asked um, Mick Which side did Jack Hendry Join Dundee from And I gave him the answer <laughs> Straight away um, So you so might think That was rubbish of me And it was yeah. But I'm actually amazed I don't do it more often Because mm-hmm. I always panic about it So you both got it Technically okay. mm-hmm. um, Name any Motherwell player 30 or older Who's played You didn't get any of them So don't worry The likes of Declan Gallagher or Trevor right. Carson And so on Which Scotland player And Champions League winner Turned 27 yesterday Andy Robertson So it was a 1, 2, 3, a 4 For Mick And a 5 I think was it 5 or a 6 uh, For Jim Duffy Hard lines Mick uh, cheers guys Thank you Cheers mate Thank you Mike too much <laughs> Too much He says Right So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Celtic fans Give me your thoughts on this Can you imagine Try and picture it Can you picture Scott Brown In an Aberdeen shirt If the answer is yes or no I don't mind Pick up the phone And let us know I feel like I've been struggling A bit with it today This is in the back of a story um, In the Scottish Sun I saw it last night Hugh And oh. um, picked up a bit of momentum today That Stephen Glass Who is believed to be The front runner For the Aberdeen job Will look to bring in Scott Brown As a a kind of Player coach If he lands the job At Pataudry What do you make of that? Uh, I know that Stephen Glass And uh, Scott Brown Go back a long way To their days at Hibs Together However After What is it 14 years at Celtic For Scott Brown I would have thought That Celtic Would have been looking To his future First of all And wondering If he might be Assimilated into The the new uh, 
structure that will have to take place next season. New manager, new chief executive, new director of football. I would have thought that Celtic would have been interested in where Scott Brown goes from here. Um, so for me, I'd be surprised if he went to Aberdeen. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all, I have to be honest with you No, I think he's a player, he wants to play He's admitted that he still feels fit He still feels he can contribute Whatever the new structure at Celtic might depend on Who comes in and how much clout they've got And how much strength But he might want his own team And Scott Brown might just feel as if Even if Celtic do say to him You know, that there's an opportunity there You know, he might, he might want a bit more responsibility And feel as if he wants to be part of someone Who actually wants him Rather than being given to someone so I, I, I think that you know, Listen he's a professional footballer mm. I mean if your time's up at Celtic You move on There's been a lot of, There's a lot of fans this year Think his time is up anyway So he may feel again It's a time for a, a fresh challenge in, in the latter part of his career uh, And the type of boy he is The competitor he is I think he'd be a terrific uh, signing for, for Aberdeen Something they absolutely need A player like that A proven winner um, You know a strong character A leader Absolutely I think it'd be a Whoever goes there If somebody could manage to get him um, uh, as, a, as an assistant or a player coach I think it'd be a, a fantastic piece of business For Aberdeen if they manage to get him Celtic fans, what do you make of that then? What in your mind should be the plan for Scott Brown at Celtic? Should he get a new contract? Should he go on to play next season? As Hugh says, scope for a coaching role at the club um, or, or can you see that? Is it time to say, brilliant You've been an unbelievable servant We wish you well And uh, can you imagine him being a player coach at Aberdeen? Brian is a Celtic fan on the line What did you make of that? Story, Brian. I don't think Scott Brown would worry Celtic go to Aberdeen. To be honest, I mean he's been captain of Celtic now for years, winning titles, winning trebles, going in Europe. You know what I mean? I don't see why he would go to Aberdeen. I understand he's maybe not getting a red card game at Celtic anymore, but I still think he's got a lot to offer the club, maybe behind the scenes and stuff. So, but uh, that's would, the, would this not be a just before I let you back in? Sorry, Brian. Would this not be you know with a view to his future though about coaching and stuff? I don't think. You know, it's Scott Brown at the peak of his powers at 27 isn't moving to Aberdeen, but is not with a, a view to going into coaching. Yeah, but I'm sure Celtic would have some, some sort of coaching role for him if he wanted to go down that route. I mean, I've gave guys like John Kennedy and Stephen McManus a chance doing that, so I don't see any reason they wouldn't give Scott Brown a chance to do something similar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you, I suppose, I think that's from the outside, it looks like that's always been part of the plan. Oh. But as Jim says, the plan changes when you're getting a new chief executive, potentially a new director of football, yeah. and a new manager. You know wh- whose plan is it then to? Well, you can always mark his card on what's coming down the line. I just think he's become such a big figure within Celtic. Uh, I've always said that for me, he's the the best captain uh, since Billy McNeil, and I don't use that expression lightly. Uh, and the trophies that he's won and the inspiration he has been, uh, I think would make Celtic think we have to utilise this guy's talents in some way for our future. Maybe Jim's right. Maybe he thinks, well, but I won't play here and I want to play, want to go on playing. They wrote Scott Brown off before Brendan Rodgers became manager. First thing Brendan Rodgers did was get Scott Brown down to London to talk about the future and look at the trophies he's won since then, quadruple treble winner. Uh, I just think that his first conversation should be with Celtic. Um, Brian, do you want to come back in? I know you had some other points to make. Yeah, I'm just really want to talk about the last kind of few years with Celtic in Europe, guys. I mean, Rangers are doing well this season. They're playing them and that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you ask any Celtic fan, kind of the last twenty years, twenty five year, um, 
their best kind of moments. I mean, they're, they're not going to they're not going to talk about Chebbles. They're not going to talk about nine or all. They're all going to talk about maybe Seville getting to the UEFA Cup final. They're going to talk about beating Manchester United in the Champions League. Big games like this, and I'm, I mean, this is what Celtic need to get back to doing. I mean, the last few years, especially maybe the last seven eight years, Celtic's been absolutely abysmal in Europe. I mean, there's been absolutely no progression under any of the managers since Ronnie Dyla, Brendan Rodgers, Neil Lennon. I mean, there's been no progression at all. And um, Celtic really, this is why Celtic fans won't accept John Kennedy. They're, they're absolutely frustrated and they're sick to death of the, the penny pension and uh, the no progression. It's the same every year. We get to about the last the group stages or the last 32 and then after that, they're out. I mean, Celtic fans are wanting to return to the days of going to Seville and going to UEFA Cup finals and competing. Do you know what I mean? The only thing about that, um, Brian, when you talk about you know Brendan Rodgers, for instance, I, I I was there, I, you know, I was sent to work at some of them, and I remember the, the heavy defeats. But but they were still in the Champions League, and it, it, it was against some of the absolute cream of the crop of of European football. So, how how can you really lump that in with some of the other European disappointments? You know, getting to the Champions League for Celtic and indeed Rangers is a success in itself, is it not? I don't think so No I think they should be in it Every year regardless I mean There's other teams In other leagues That are similar Financial situations To Celtic and Rangers Your Benfica Your Portos These Czech teams Your Slavia Prague I mean all these guys are seem to be doing well In Europe these days I mean it's Celtic Celtic just has had Absolutely no progression Over the last few years And I was on last week guys I don't know if you remember I was talking about It goes back to the recruitment They've went for signing top players for top clubs to sign a mediocre for the championship, and it, that's what it stems back to. And I really think Celtic mm. need to get back to uh, signing decent players for decent clubs. Celtic's also, problem. Just, just to, for accuracy, Hugh, some of those examples are fine, but I yeah. bet Porto and Benfica have got more money than than Celtic or Rangers do. But anyway, but I think the thing that uh, Brian is overlooking is that two ships have sailed. Celtic have gone in terms of Europe That's uh, undoubtedly the case Ferenc Varos uh, and finishing bottom of the Europa League group uh, This season proved that And uh, uh, Brian's right it, it was going on before that Even under Brendan Rodgers Who was revered by the Celtic support But took some terrible clatterings in Europe uh, Celtic took their eye off the ball Where European football was concerned And uh, paid the price However now Celtic have a job to re-establish themselves at domestic level. There's going to be a massive overhaul required in the summertime because of the number of players who will be going out. And Celtic have a long way to go to rebuild a team to challenge Rangers. And I mean challenge Rangers. And, you know, when Brian talks fondly of Seville, Celtic went to Seville with Larson and Sutton and Petrov and McNamara, and all the other players that were there at that particular time. Celtic are way, way off that now. Get, get the general point, Jim. Of course mm-hmm. that's what fans want, but Celtic can't be using that as a, as a, as a you know an expectation level to get to European finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it that that's that's pretty hard to no, do, is I, it not? I, no, but I don't think Brian's thinking uh, to, get, to get to the final, but I think they should have been doing better in Europe, and, and, and I do agree with him. I think that... Um, the recruitment always seems to be after the horse is bolted. Yeah. You know, they never seem to get the players in before. the Because f- there's always going to be preliminary ties played if you're a Scottish. But maybe this, not this year for the first time in a long time. But, but generally speaking, over the last 17 years, of, they're going to have to play so many ties. And so there's an, always a risk element. But they seem to have been weighted to, to their... They're either knocked out the, 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 the Champions League and then they get into the Europa League and then they bring players in. 
But they're, they're not ready To go from day one To make a concerted challenge And I don't think you can you, you, you know I don't think it's unfair To compare with a number of leagues And a number of clubs Yeah Celtic aren't Barcelona We understand that They're not You know PSG We get that But They can You know they are uh, comparable oh, certain, with a lot of clubs, the teams that, they've struggled of clubs that have, have done better than Europe so no I agree with Brian I, I don't know if as as many Celtic fans as born about Europe as now as, as I say because obviously as Hugh said I think they have to concentrate now domestically but I do think uh, over the over the last several years um, yeah they, they, they haven't been prepared mm. as uh, and, and been as ready for the first challenge which has been Europe because it's always been the preliminary ties before the domestic season kicked off. Yeah, and of course, two Champions League spots up for grabs going forward. Um, thank you to Brian. Let's bring in Mark in Rockhill. Mark, the guys were just talking about that story today. Scott Brown potentially um, a target to be a kind of player coach at Aberdeen. What would you make of that? Yes, yeah, to me, it's nonsense, really. Uh, I mean, if you want to do it, you want to do it right. Who, who, who's any aspiring kid coming through? So you don't want to send them to the 18s, the 21s. You want them in the first team. The first team squad where he's a coach or something, so he's he's right there with the players every day. And who's going to be the person that fires him up all the way through it? And whoever comes in, if there's no room for Scott Brown, there's no room for anybody. So you're there's saying you know Celtic Celtic need to keep him at the club? Of course we do. Yeah. Who's kind of attitude? You need the attitude, and it's not that. Sometimes, well, even look at Big Billy. He was never the best player in the Lisbon Lions, but he was a leader. So you and then the Big Billy came over, and back in the day. When he left Celtic to go to Man City, because they've only given him money. That, that this is it's like history revolving itself again. So you're talking in a coaching role, though. What what does his playing future look like? It, well, you sign him as a player anyway. Why not? He's not doing any, it's, he's playing as good as anybody else. Let's be, be honest. Him and McGregor are the only two that stand out every week. Ayer right. comes in and out. Edward comes in and out. You two boys stand there and take it on the chin every week for the whole team. I agree there's nothing wrong with retaining him as a player and I've said I think he's such a major figure at Celtic that I would find it surprising if the club let him go at least put up a fight to keep him if he says look I really would rather go to Aberdeen with my pal then okay there's nothing you can do about that however I would explore the possibility of keeping him there as a player as Mark says because you know he can't play every week He's proved that this season But he is a massive influence And surely further down the line Can be a massive yeah. influence With those who are go, coming up go, go, go back to the question though Jim yeah. Who's deciding that he's a massive yeah. influence If you've got a yeah. new chief exec A new director of football yeah. A new manager Who might just walk in And, and just judge these things As, as he sees on, yeah, on the training Some pitch. new manager might think He is a massive influence And too much of a massive influence Some managers are a bit precious When it comes to you know, guys who have been about the club for 10, well, 14 years, but for a long, long time, they might think, no, I need to, I'm coming in here with a complete, you know, clean sweep, and I want anybody who has had that influence out the door. Now, Scott Brown is a, a phenomenal, um, you know, captain for, for, for Celtic. I totally agree with you. Um, his record, you know, is, is unquestionable, really, in, in terms of what he's done uh, in the trophies he's won. But as I said, is he still worth the same salary that he's currently on if, if they do a similar thing to... to uh, you know Craig, uh, Craig Gordon You know If they, if they say Look, We want you here um, Scott But you're going to be A part of the team now A part of the squad We're looking to develop you Into a coaching role Further down the line So 
financially this is what we offer you, mm. he might turn around and say, well, listen, it's not to do with the money, but I just want to go and I want to be a regular person. I feel I've got a 50 games a season, uh, sorry, 50 games over the next two seasons left in me. So I want to play 25 games, 30 games a season. So he, he might want a new challenge. Uh, but as Mark said, Hugh said, listen, if a new manager come in, uh, the new structure, and they invited him there, he would be an important uh, member of the staff. I've got no doubt about that. He would be a, a positive influence in any young player coming to the club. Not just young player, any new player coming to the club. I think he'd be, he could be an integral part, but I also know how the game works. And sometimes when a new manager comes in with new staff, new ideas, they sometimes don't want the previous ideas to be lingering in the background. Who's he going to threaten to throw in Loch Lomond? <laughs> up in Aberdeen. Who's he going to threaten if I'm not there beside him? I can you up there. Waste of time going up there He's got me here He's going to pull your ponytail <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Who do you want as the new manager then And I guess that's the next question How, how will Scott Brown fit into that plan? Uh, well I was, I was thinking I would I would like to have Eddie Houghton But at the same time That's why I think Scott Brown should be involved In the first team squad Because he'll provide all the Determination uh, Not that Eddie Howe can't do it He's the manager right? He's the boss He's going to be the boss But if you get Scott Brown Standing in that dressing room before on and basically they're doing the huddle and before you can go out on the park, they're fired up. This is this is for Celtic comfy. It's, it's all it's all about what you it's not that we're beaten and broken, right? Let them enjoy their moment, right? Fair enough. Just take it on the chin. Next season's a brand new start. So that Scottish Cup's not even finished yet. So I've not finished this season yet. So we'll just go with that and we'll start again next year and we'll build it again. All right, thank you to Mark in Rockhill. I mean, the obvious counter is that Scott Brown ha- was here this season yeah, and was uh-huh. a- was able to support, you know, fire people up. That doesn't guarantee anything. However, we're very late for this break. Thank you to Mark. Stephen has a slightly different take than Mark, and we'll speak to Stephen and Wisher next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Friday night, Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans are in the building. It's 01419511025 if you want to put your point to the panel uh, on the phones. And if you'd rather tweet, you can do that as well at Clyde SSB. So let's hear from you. We're still here until 8, so there is plenty of time to get involved in the discussion. I'll quickly set up your teaser. I won't dwell on it too long because we've got loads of calls coming in. These phone lines are busier than ever. Murray has sent your question in. He says, since 2010, six Englishmen have finished a Scottish top flight season as the league's second top scorer. Very specific. So since 2010, six Englishmen have finished a Scottish top flight season as the league's second top scorer. Can you name them? Gary Hooper. That's what I was going to say. Oh, brilliant. Straight in. 2010-11 season. I, I, I'm not sure if he was the first or the second. Michael Higdon? No, I think he was top, top scorer. Was I think. Scorer, he, he? Yeah, he's not, he's not on the list. Mm. Uh, second, uh, he's spread of clubs in here as well. That's what I like. So don't yeah, every time you go to think of something, you think, "No, he's Irish." Don't he's limit yourself to just the obvious clubs. Uh, um, goodness! Now you need to give us a few yeah, minutes okay. on that one. I think. I'll give you some thinking time. Uh, let's go to Stephen in Wisher. Hi, Stephen. How you doing, Gordon? I'm not bad at all. Have you got a, a point to add on the the Scott Brown Aberdeen scenario? I have I. It's just a wee thought on it. Evening, Jim. Evening, Hugh. How are we doing? Good, Stephen. Good. Um, it's just a wee thought on it. When Hugh was talking there about uh, Scott Brown 
been next in line in terms of how well he's done as a, the captain Celtic, uh, second to Billy McNeil potentially, and how he should now basically be given the role in the coaching staff or background and, and whatever way that might look. I wonder though if sometimes we can hand roles out based on his credentials as a footballer and as a captain. And does he have the the, the skill set to then transfer things into a new role in the coaching staff? Just to consider that. Because sometimes we give things in sentimentality reasons. And also, if you were bringing in, I heard the last call I talked about Eddie Howe, if you were bringing in somebody like Eddie Howe, does Eddie Howe and Scott Brown, to their relationship, does it click to their personalities, click, would they work as a team well? Um, I'm a Celtic fan, I do agree that Scott Brown, you know, has earned his place in Celtic, but I wonder if it'd be worthwhile him kind of learning the trade uh, as a coach elsewhere and then coming back to Celtic maybe at some point in the future, rather than just step straight into that. Well, of course, Billy went to Clyde, uh... For a very short space of time His potential became obvious And he went to Aberdeen uh, And he replaced The biggest guy of all Jock Steen Now When you're replacing a man Who's won the European Cup That's some act to follow uh, So I, I do understand that What you're saying I just think that Celtic Should explore The Scott Brown situation I don't think there's any chance That he would be getting Anything on the grounds Of sentimentality uh, Because if the club thought that they would happily let him go elsewhere. But I, I, I do not believe that sentimentality would come into it at all. And I just think that at this particular time, Celtic are really up against it now. And they are going to need all of the strong minds and the strong mentality that they can lay their hands on next season. And in some way, shape or form, I think they should make sure that they don't let Scott Brown go and then regret it. Yeah. I think sometimes you, you can A point on sentimentality I think Frank Lampard For instance At Chelsea He did okay at Derby But you wouldn't have said If you looked at all the CVs Coming in from all around the world At the top top clubs You wouldn't have said Frank Lampard was at the top of the But in terms of the eyes Of the fans He was a phenomenal you know, signing in terms of, you know, just just lifting the place. Unfortunately, it didn't didn't work out for Frank, and he lost his job in a very short period of time. Um, but I, I agree with Stephen in some aspects. You don't know, but sometimes the only way you really do know is to to put them in. Neil, Neil Lennon was put in, you know, just just you know uh, at the very last minute, really, and and then again, uh, you know, first couple of games, people were saying, "Oh no, this is not the right the right choice." But eventually, he grew into the job. So you know, you you can be a fit. You know, there is no formula for successful management. You know, if you just look at all the jobs recently, there is absolutely no formula. There's some young guys getting in and doing very well, some experienced guys doing very well, and vice versa. It's just a case of, does he fit? And, and as I say, Scott Brown could get the job tomorrow and just absolutely hit the ground running and be perfectly suited for it. it, could, it or, or he could crumble. You really don't know until you're in there. Aye, I agree with both the points that you've made I agree as well And probably the examples you're giving are quite good That uh, Frank Lampard There's nobody you would think has earned it more than him In terms of the credentials that he's got as a player And how much he's loved as a fans. Yeah, he then moved into that role And obviously the skill set that he had wasn't transferable And as Hugh says as well Billy McNeil did replace Jockstein And what a hard act to follow but equally, he was sent out elsewhere to be tested. First of all, if it didn't go well at Clyde or Aberdeen for him, yeah. would he have been the person that replaced Jockstein? Suppose the difference as well, Stephen, is we're talking about the management position. I don't think anyone's suggesting Scott Brown is going to be the next Celtic manager. He is still a player, and is he still going to be a Celtic player next season? 
Aye, I think, we, and, and again, Gordon is touching on it there about the, the management position, and I know that we're not talking about him being that, but I think this season as well, we've seen how much the manager needs the right person by his side and not somebody who's forced on him or, you know, things that are done to him. We saw Neil Lennon there. I mean, years ago when it was Lennon and Thompson and Mialbe, the celebrations in the dugout when goals were scored and things were phenomenal to see. And when was the last time we saw that that level of togetherness in the dugout, you know, with Lennon? We've said it and we hear it in loads of different platforms that Lennon needed the right person in beside him. So I feel that we, you run the risk, number one, you run the risk of putting Scott Brown into a position that he may not be able to fulfil the remit fully, could fall flat in his face. Stephen, across the city, though, across the city, Stephen Gerrard's first ever job, first manager, okay, he took the use for for um, under-18 manager at Liverpool for a very yeah. short period of time, but that was his first mm-hmm. job, so again, he, listen, he needed time, and he got time from the board, mm-hmm. whether, whether a Celtic, the next manager Celtic magazine, I don't think he'll get three years to win his first trophy. But but what I'm saying is There's no set formula Steven Gerrard's been there Now yep. people have asked about Steven Gerrard They'd all be thinking Oh wait a minute He's the next mm-hmm. big thing But two years ago You wouldn't have said that When he walked into the job St- Stephen when I asked it a minute ago It's my fault I did kind of leave it out there As if I was being hypothetical But I- I'm, kinda, I'm looking for you to answer the question as well What do you I mean will Scott Brown be a Celtic player next season Should he be in, in your mind? I think that somebody touched on it Earlier one of the, the other callers of it the fact you still see it there, you still see the fire in his belly and you still see, you know, that aggression and everything there. And we do need those those strong characters. You see it at the start of every game in the huddle. And one of the earlier callers had said, you know, it's almost as if if he's there, the huddle happens before the players even go out on the park. And and I do agree, you know, from a kind of coaching position, he could be still influencing a game from the side of the park. Um, he's not going to be a starter week in, week out and playing 90 minutes every game. But you also don't want it to get... You want him to go out in a high, you know, and I know that's difficult after the season that we've had this year. Um, but I suppose it's then over to him as to how long he wants his playing career to continue and whether he'll get the game time that he would be looking for mm-hmm. if he stayed at Celtic. All right, Stephen, some interesting points to ponder. That was Stephen in Wisher. Right, how are you two? Have you had a bit of time to digest this teaser? Murray says, since 2010, six Englishmen have finished a Scottish top flight season as the second top scorer. You've got Gary Hooper... Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Cosgrove Yes well done That was the 18-19 season Hugh Jim That's fine no, yeah. Two of six yeah, We've only right. got six answers tonight So you're doing okay, okay. Um, Let's bring in Glenn Who is a Rangers fan from Renfrew Hi Glenn Evening panel You alright? Yeah brand new mate Good man What's your uh, point? First up no, My first I'd like to say congratulations to Glasgow Rangers and winning 55. Uh, I've been listening to you for the last two hours about Scott Brown and he's this, he's that, he's the next thing. He's a leader. He's a Celtic legend. And talk about, um, you know, Celtic keep them on on our coaching basis. I'd like to ask the panel if Celtic think he's that good, why did they not lead him to 10 in a row? Well, you'd hardly lay all of that at Scott Brown's door. Celtic imploded and they imploded through uh, bad buying, bad performances, 
uh, and crumbling in the face of a, a strong Rangers side. So, of course, Scott Brown gets a percentage of the blame, but it's not his fault entirely. Uh, it was the manager's fault, chief executive's fault, uh, the head of recruitment for bringing in poor players that weren't up to the job, and the season just went from bad to worse. So, you know, you've had a great season. There's no point in now coming on and taking it out on Scott Brown. You've oh, to be fair, that's that's what we're talking about, and Glenn wants to join that discussion. That's fine. Well, he's not not entirely to blame. He gets a percentage of the blame. Yeah, but I'm not saying anything to Scott Brown. What I'm saying is, keeping Scott Brown won all his medals and his trophies. Rangers won them there. Well, I've been through, been, been through this, been through this countless times. Rangers weren't there because it was Rangers' fault. Rangers mismanaged the club's affairs, and eventually uh, went into liquidation. Thereafter, they went into the bottom tier of Scottish football. But the top tier of Scottish football doesn't cease to exist because Rangers aren't there, and Celtic can only beat the teams who are in the division. So the fact that Rangers weren't there, that's Rangers' fault. I mean listen You can't deny Scott Brown's achievements It doesn't matter What team you support uh, You know uh, Glenn You know Scott Brown Whether it's the 10th the title He didn't win I think he's won 9 So Listen You know he's, he's, It's an incredible uh, Trophy cabinet He's got Burst at the seams um, Rangers 55 were, Scotland caps Yeah Scotland Rangers captain. were there For the cups and uh, As well And all stuff So I, I think that uh you have to you you have to pay tribute to Scott Brown's achievements. The fact that he didn't win this year, fair enough. You know that happens. You can't win every single trophy that's going, but he's won most of them. So I think that uh, you've been a wee bit p- picky there on Scott Brown. Uh, said he's he's got he's got more trophies and and than all the Rangers players put together. So therefore, you know, the, I think that you 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 have, you have to sometimes just say right, okay. He's maybe not your favourite, but nevertheless, um, you know he's he's got some achievement as a player. When he when he effect, eventually hangs up his boots, um, his his his, copy, his his trophy cabinet will be bursting. It seems someone's going to crunch the numbers mm-hmm. and find out that you are one off on mm-hmm. that assessment or something. And I'm going to need to pick up the pieces at mm-hmm. twenty to eight. So thanks yeah, for okay. throwing that out there, <laughs> uh, Glenn in Renfrew. Thank you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Sam Cosgrove, Gary Hooper. See, you've given the game away by saying that it's a spread of clubs. And I'm trying to think Hearts and Hibs. Um, Liam Boyce. Don't worry about those two. Oh, Liam, he's Liam Boyce. Irish. Irish. Was he? Um, uh, I just, as I said, you have the, when you say mention name, it's like Irish, Wales, uh, foreign. Uh, no. Are there any there. Celtic uh, players left? One more. Hmm. And one Rangers uh, Oh Scott Sinclair Yes Scott Not bad Sinclair, at all yeah. Okay three well down Three to go We'll get them next Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard but During the break Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy Have been trying to come up with The six Englishmen Since 2010 Who finished a Scottish Top flight season as the second top scorer It's a very specific question But you're doing not too badly You've got Sam Cosgrove Scott Sinclair Gary Hooper Cute. And nothing during the break That's <laughs> no. ominous Louis Moult um, No Right club though Curtis Main Still the right club Yep but not him <laughs> So a bit before those two uh... You've already given me Higdon So who else might it have been 
Oh, that's what I'm thinking. I was just trying to think of the team at that time. No, give us a couple of minutes. I'm just thinking. Oh. The Motherwell fans, not me personally, of course, I would never make such a claim, but the, the, the locals in Motherwell would tell you this guy, much a much more handsome version of his brother. Oh, oh John Sutton. Sutton. John Sutton. You had it in the tip of his tongue and Jim managed it. John Sutton, well done. Right, two to get. Um, we'll bring in Stefan and Cardonald in the not-too-distant future. I do want to get Jim's... Uh, thought that Mikey's right. Mikey's done the numbers, and apparently um, McGregor and Davis have twenty-one medals, mm-hmm. um, and Brown has twenty-three, um, and he's done. So I knew that yeah. statement would come back to this. <laughs> anyway. um, what about? It's a kind of flippant throwaway statement. It's fine. The, well, that would be. Oh no! Forget it. I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm even thinking about it. No, um, no problem. The lower leagues, League One and Two. You resume playing a week tomorrow. Yeah, that's been confirmed. Yeah. Is that the only thing that's been confirmed? How long is the season <laughs> going to be? Yeah, that's not been confirmed yet. So the right. league will start. The first two Saturdays have been, uh, the fixture list have been put out for the first two Saturdays. So the 28th and the 27th of March. Uh, and then the the talks are ongoing regarding how many uh, of the remaining fixtures yep. will, will be played. So, so whether you... it's a, an 18 game season or possibly a 22 game season, it won't be a 27 because there's no way right. they can fit that in. So. The suggestion, and again, yeah, maybe not confirmed, but the suggestion mm. is what a twenty-two game season with a split, yeah, to then decide promotion and relegation. Yeah, I think it's two, obviously two fives that they'll be they'll, mm-hmm. they'll they'll play up to the the, the next quarter and then uh, no up to the the last I think five games or something. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure to be honest with you. And then um, yeah, the, the the top five will fight out for. Uh, the playoffs and promotion and the bottom five will fight for the, the other way. How are you feeling then about the return? So it's a week tomorrow. Yep. You have trained how many times? Three. Three. You have been out of action for how many weeks? Well, we will be uh, for three months by the time we get back playing next week. So three months, three training sessions, mm. presumably no friendlies. I don't know if you'll no. squeeze one in between now and yep. then. Is that mm. going to be okay? Are, are players going to come through that? No, no, I don't think anybody knows it's not going to be okay. Of course, it's not. You know, we, you know, all the part-time squads in particular. Obviously, there's a couple of full-time clubs, who you know, have a, a little bit bigger squad, but no, no one's got a huge squad. You know, and no one's got the the financial uh, muscle to go and just sign another five or six players. So everyone will try and strengthen their squad. I'm sure they'll try and add, uh, you know, players. Um, for for the the remaining matches. But yeah, it will be a test. I mean, you'll be playing Saturday, Tuesday minimum. Saturday, Tuesday, you're playing three games within seven days every week, probably until the end of the season. So you've got to keep your fingers crossed you don't pick up mm-hmm. injury strains. And that'll be unlikely because, you know, the first part of the season after having, you know, we didn't start to October, uh, there was an awful lot of injuries in all of the clubs. Yeah. Uh, and I think that no matter how generally fit the players are, you know, game fitness and sharpness and the demands of the game and the pitches and all these stuff. Will will um, will impact it. So yeah, I think. Um, but every, all the players want to get back. I playing. was going to say, has that Managers been and coaches want to yeah, get back? Has that been overtaken yeah. by you know have the guys come back yes. with a spring in their step? Yeah, desperate absolutely. To just getting about it. Yeah, well, listen, we played. We, we trained in a monsoon on Tuesday. Night. Yeah. Absolute monsoon. It was it was horizontal rain, wind, everything. But the players still with a smile on their face because they're out there kicking a the ball again for the first time mm. in, I think it was, a, you know, nine weeks yeah, or 11, months, 10 yeah. weeks or something like that, you know, and so there's another couple of weeks to go before we play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the players are desperate to get back playing again, but it will be a test for all of the clubs in mm-hmm. the lower divisions. There's, there's no question about that. And now COVID testing yes, as well. Yeah. Um, don't want to get too far ahead and put mm-hmm. a, a cloud over things, but is, is that another consideration? Mm-hmm. You're talking about... 
injuries mm. and match fitness yeah. and, and the toll it has on squads. Mm. To hope that, that yeah, there's no, there's no, no issues with good luck on yeah. COVID as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, we've we've had several players, as I think everyone has, um, you know, missing games, and and also you've got what commitments that might come into play as well further down the line. But yeah, I mean, if there's a if there's a COVID issue, uh, which we which we hope doesn't uh, impact them, but but it's every likelihood that you know yeah. somewhere along the line, uh, I don't think all the clubs will, will will be immune to that. You know, uh, let's bring in Stefan, who's a Rangers fan in Cardonald. What's on your mind tonight, Stefan? Hi, how you doing guys? Uh, I was listening to you at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. uh, Basically, talk about last night's performance And I think, you know, there's two two key elements for me like The away goal is very important It's planted seeds of doubt in their defence And our goalkeeper's performance, as we were talking about earlier I mean, if you're a forward player You know, you're going to need to be doing above and beyond To get by him So that could actually help us qualify And get a performance And hopefully the midfield put in a better performance but see the defence in regards to Callum Patterson, the point you were making, Gordon. I actually believe, I know it's out of left field, but I believe that the young man should be considered because, you know, he's playing at a very top level within European club competition. You know, he's very dynamic. He's learning his trade. He's got good game intelligence. And in the second half last night, some of the tackles, he was covering in for Hellander and putting last-ditch tackles in the central area of the defence. I mean, you know, I believe if, if Rangers go further in this tournament, then you know it should be considered to go in with the group to Scotland because Scotland are going to need to do counter attack because they're going to be up more technical teams. He did show both sides last night, didn't he, Jim? Yeah. Because Rangers mm-hmm. fullbacks are known for what they do going mm-hmm. forward. You talked about the balance, um, but Stefan's mm-hmm. right. There was one block, kind of sliding block tackle, in yeah. particular towards the end. So you know, he did it in both. Yeah, both I, areas. I think uh, you know, as a, as a young player coming in, he's he's probably been a, he's got a little bit more of that about him because you know Rangers, you know, certainly this season have been dominating every match. You know, so when he gets into the match, but at training he'd have been up against really good players involved in the first team. So he's probably had to defend and learn to defend a little bit, one to one defending, move his feet. You know, get a bit more. Uh, you know, his, his body shape right and all these kind of things. Maybe positionally he's still got to work on, but certainly in one-to-one defending, yeah, he's probably more to do. He's playing against Ryan Kennedy training. He's playing against Morelos and mm-hmm. Hadji and all these kind of guys with quick feet. Yeah, Rebo. So he's 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 got he's he's got to pick up um, the, the, those those skills which will help him. But you know, as I said, you know, listen, it's not that we don't want to try and promote young players. All we're saying is that he's he's not even played really a handful of games yet. It's just to yeah. try and. You know, get him in. Listen, if he if he if he stays in the team between now and the end of the season, yeah, absolutely. We, we you know, that it may well be a, a a late a late runner for 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 an inclusion. Um, whether James Tavernier is fit enough to come back in or not, but certainly is that it will be an option if he if he can manage to stay in the team. I suppose you. I know you've shown your hand on it earlier. You just think maybe a bit too soon. Oh. I'm attaching a big if here, but if Rangers go through, and I don't know what James Tavernier's situation is. You know, Nathan Patterson might then be playing two legs in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Does it, are we then in danger of it becoming a bit strange that we've we've got a Scottish right back in the quarterfinals of the Europa League uh-huh. and we don't have too many other right backs, but he's still not in the squad just because he's young? Well, I have to throw in other factors such as he will be suspended and uh, domestically. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about having played played at that level potentially. Uh, but I do also think to go back to the Euro 2020 point. Sometimes we can be Well It would be irresponsible I think For all that he is a gem Rangers have uncovered a gem 
He may one day be the Rangers version of Kieran Tierney in terms of the money he will bring to the club. However, I do think it's irresponsible to rush them into the setting of an international football tournament before they've managed 20 games for their club. So how many games do you do you need to play then? Is it, is it 20 and then all of a sudden you become equipped for it? No, I don't, I'm not putting a set figure on it. I, I just think that here we have a gem of a player. However, for me it's getting mildly hysterical now to say, oh well, he should be in the team for Euro mm. 2020. Uh, put it this way, if James Tavernier comes back, would you want James Tavernier back in the team? Or would you say, no, you've got to wait now, James. Yeah. Uh, we keep Nathan Patterson in because... Because he's been playing well And he doesn't deserve to be dropped Or would you put the captain straight back in? Let me be clear right? I'm not Nathan Patterson's agent Cousin or uncle It's just you two are On the same side of this So I'm obviously going to provide The counter argument sure. Kind of what I'm here for um, it, it won't make much personal difference to me um, Stefan How would you defend that Or, or come back against What the guys are saying? Well, obviously James Tavernier He walks into the Rangers team Because he is the captain He's led us to the title But what I can say is, if you look at the performances of young Nathan Patterson and you look at the fact that Stephen Gerrard trusts him, if Stephen Gerrard didn't trust him, he would have another right back there. So that whole thing about can we trust Nathan Patterson to play in a tournament for Scotland, I think sometimes Scotland Mm. has got to be ambitious as well. Mm. They've got to to believe in you. Why why does Tavernier walk back into the team then? Well, because Tavernier he's still, but he's still better. James Tavernier's not available for Scotland, so you're not comparing him to James Tavernier. You're comparing him to Stephen O'Donnell or Liam Palmer. But if I had someone I thought should be in the Scotland team after a handful of games, then why would I put him back out of my team? I've just said that you're not. If he's trying to get in the Scotland squad, he's not competing with James Tavernier. No, I'm asking why Tavernier should walk back into the Rangers team at Patterson's expense because he's better than him. Well, you're telling me that. He should be in the Scotland team. I need to repeat that for a third time He's not competing with James Tavernier For a place in the Scotland oh, squad You can be a lesser player than James Tavernier But still a better player than the other Scottish right backs It's hysterical <laughs> Do we And maybe not in this Maybe not specifically this case But I, You call it hysterical That we're kind of over promoting I actually wonder if we sometimes do it in reverse Right, he's 19 uh-huh. He is He's actually He's 10 months younger Than Jeremy Frimpong Who, who we kind of Kind of think of has been pretty established, you know, big move to the Bundesliga. There's ten months between them. I, I wonder if when we see a Scottish teenager, we go, oh, you know, he's he's so young, he's nineteen, so what? Oh no, I, I fully approve of what you're saying that uh, we, we are obsessed by age, and it works both ways. You know, it used to be, and Jim will know this to be the case. It used to be when a player turned thirty here, he was assumed to be clinically dead. Uh, <laughs> so I, I I do take out the ageist argument altogether. I just think that also, I mean, and Jeremy Frimprong. Did Billy was, McNeil not retire at 30? Uh, no, no, he was 35, I think, Billy. Was he? Yeah. Um, I, was, I don't think he was but, older, but anyway. But um, Frimprong mm-hmm. had off days, and young players, even the most gifted of them, mm. Have off days Right thank you to Stefan We'll need to leave it there We can pick that one up Because we're going to get A Scotland squad announcement Early next week Uh, You've two more to get In the teaser Since 2010 Six Englishmen have finished A Scottish top flight season As the second top scorer Milo's given it a go But he's a bit off On his time frame I think Ian Beattie's delighted That he beat you two To the the John Sutton punch Um, uh, Grant Holt Nope Um, Hefferman Hefferman nope and I've got another one I've got because they all played for Hibs at one time. Ronan Vine. No, there is a, a Rangers one that you've missed. You've just 
probably mm. not quite thought that this guy played enough games to be the second top scorer mm. in the league, but he was. And it was last mm. season. Right. Uh, that's what I was just saying to you about but Defoe. Yeah. James uh, G- uh, Jermaine Defoe. Absolutely. Yeah. Odson Edward mm. was the top scorer last season, and Jermaine Defoe was mm. second in the league. The last one, I think you will get it if I give you the club. It's uh-huh. a club you know well, Jim Duffy. Is Dundee. Dundee. Um, uh, Hemmings. Yes. Look easy as that. Kane Hemmings. Brilliant. Mm. Right. Thank you to Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevens. An uncharacteristically quiet weekend mm-hmm. on the field, but that doesn't mean that Saturday's Clyde One Super Scoreboard is going anywhere. We don't even need football to find lots of nonsense to talk about on a <laughs> Saturday afternoon, Hugh. And we will do it tomorrow from 2 pm. So make sure that you join us. Really looking forward to that one. And in the meantime, just stay right there His team's got a new manager George Bowie's poised and ready To tell us all about what he thinks um, Of that appointment of Gus McPherson I can't promise you that he'll talk about it much On GBX Fridays But it's up next <laughs>